How's your week been going? Great. How about yours? Not too bad. Just uh, finished setting up my daughter's princess tent. So Oh, cool. feeling feeling very accomplished today. Was that a was that a gift? <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. been she's been bugging me all week. I was like, all right, I got to do this one first, and then this, and then this. I was like, all right, I have some time to kill, so I'm I'm her best friend now. How old is she? Uh she is four. Wow, I got a eleven month old. So not quite making many demands other than milk and food. Milk and hold me and being ch held. Yeah, change exactly. Me. <laughs> I saw she plays video games with you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or she tries to. Yeah. She gets involved. She mostly wants to eat them. Mm -hmm. But um yeah, I shall get the hang of it. Soon enough you're you're gonna have to like get her own controller and just make sure that the the button's not on so she doesn't right. tag in. She actually has like a little, somebody got her a gift. It was a, it looks like an Xbox controller. Mm -hmm. When you press it, it goes like, uh, you know, um, uh, twinkle, twink, <laughs> like it, every time she yeah. interacts with it. So uh, we're kind of starting her off young. There you go. <laughs> All right. So obviously I want to talk about what's been going on, what, you know, is coming up in the future. Um, but I wanted to start with this one because I thought it was hilarious, but um you put on Twitter that your dad thought you were Mustafa Ali on two Oh five live and congratulated yeah. you for a, a promotion. I need, yeah, I need sorry. like the whole story there. So uh, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, I, I wasn't even um, signed in the company. Uh, I think I was in college at the time. This must've been 20. When did, uh, when did Mustafa show up on two Oh five? Maybe 18, 17. Sounds about right. Yeah, so uh, I actually, uh, I must have not even been signed. So he must have seen that. It was a picture of him in front of the 205. I'm, I, I've tried to find that picture and I cannot find it. Mm. But it's a picture of him in front of the 205 Live like television backstage. Mm. And he actually, it, it, for some, for whatever reason, I don't actually think he looks like me. But mm. I will say, in that picture, he does kind of look like me. Plus, my dad's pretty old, has pretty poor eyesight, so I don't really blame him for that. But I remember getting a message from him going, you're working in WWE now? And I was like, uh, no, I haven't even graduated college. <laughs> pretty sure you would have heard about it, Baba. But so, uh, yeah, so that was pretty. That's why it's hard for me to be um, angry when people are like, whenever I would go when I was working on the main roster, uh, I'd travel to uh, the show with uh, Mace. We'd, we'd drive in the same car. And uh, there'd be fans um, in the parking lot where we park uh, to get into the building. And every now and, and then they would, you know, be shouting, oh, is it? Who is it? Who is it? And then I'd come out and they go, Ali, Ali, Ali. <laughs> and I swear to God, one time Mace came out and somebody said, our truth. I was like, this guy's six foot nine. He's this is not even close. Like, that's way more egregious. Uh, I actually also one time got Santos Escobar. So, um who knows? I can, can kind of see it. Maybe with the long hair. When I had yeah. the longer hair, maybe. Uh, so what was your dad's reaction when you actually did get hired or when you did get put on <laughs> TV for the first time? Was he kind of uh, like, oh, I already, I already wasted the good surprise on you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he just forwarded the last message. No, um, he was really happy. And uh, it wasn't really until the first actual show that he went to, which I believe uh, was the big battle royal, the 51-man biggest battle royal in, in WWE history. I think that was the first show that he actually went to, uh, where, I had, where I competed. And um, actually, it's, it's a story I always tell, but uh, I actually I told my dad I wanted to be a pro wrestler when I was uh, 17 years old when I decided. Um, 
And I remember he was very sort of uh, hesitant to uh, encourage me on that path, uh, mostly due to the fact that um, he didn't feel that people where we people that come from the place that we come would be successful in that field. It wasn't so much sort of, um, oh, I want you to be a doctor or whatever. I mean, he did want me to be a lawyer or a doctor or something, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, he always tells a story. So the first wrestling show he ever went to was way back, I think in the 70s. Uh, He was in college uh, in Miami and he went to a wrestling show and uh, just happened upon it. And there was a guy there that was called the Sheik. I don't know if it was the Sheik, Mm-hmm. But he presented as the sheik and they announced him and he came out and, and they said, oh, from Mecca, Saudi Arabia. And he came out and he was like, ah, everyone's booing, you know. And after the uh, the show, he actually found the wrestler. My dad found uh, the sheik and he said, what's going on? Like, why, why are you representing our people like that? I mean, that's this is really embarrassing. And the sheik looked at my dad and he was like, our people, like, I'm Italian. I'm from Pensacola. <laughs> Uh, so from then on, that was what my father believed pro wrestling was. Yeah. So for me to actually go out there uh, for a show in our hometown and perform, I, I got a video from my older brother who got me into pro wrestling. My dad's, you know, pretty up there in age, so he doesn't really move around much. But um, when I won that battle royal, there's a video of him just jumping up out of his chair and just screaming. So, yeah, it made me very happy. I'm glad that you have that memory. Uh, with him of him uh it's kind of funny though because it's not the only it doesn't happen as much anymore but like santino morello was like a a plant in the crowd and yeah you know like even though he's italian he wasn't like some guy that they just got right and like uh yokozuna wasn't actually japanese that was like the one when i was a kid i was like wait what he's samoan yeah (laughs) so yeah i'm Uh, glad they don't do stuff like that anymore i mean i was just talking to a buddy about um we were reminiscing about armando alejandro estrada Mm -hmm. and uh we found out he was actually arab which is so funny because like this is like a year after uh muhammad hassan was played by an italian guy yeah and then a year later they get an arab guy to play a cuban guy managing a samoan guy (laughs) so who knows yeah I'm, i'm glad that uh you know overall it's it's kind of moved away from that yeah, uh, for sure. I don't even know if it's a stereotype because it's not the right person playing that role. But... It's like a double layered amount of offensiveness. It's like not only is it a stereotype, but it's yeah. like not even the right person. Pl- at least if it was the right person, you could say, well, at least he's getting his bag for his people, you know, but uh, it's yeah. not even that. Yeah. So that you had been on TV before that, but that battle royal was really like the start of, uh, you know, kind of like the streak i've seen it called like people have you seen this like people posted memes comparing you to like brock lesnar and the undertaker at wrestlemania uh they call me the saudi taker okay (laughs) (laughs) i hadn't seen that one yet but okay uh what what was like the pitch for that because obviously it's hey we're going to saudi arabia we're going to Riyadh. we want to have you in this position but like what was sort of the conversation from when you first made your debut in NXT and then how we're going to sort of present you and this is going to be your persona moving forward? Uh, there was never really any plan. <laughs> I'm sure you hear that a lot from people you interview from WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first uh, went to NXT, I reported at the PC 
And uh, I think most, or at least the majority of the people working there did not know I had any previous wrestling experience. Mm -hmm. I think they, and they also didn't know that I uh, had lived in America for most of my life. Uh, <laughs> I moved to the States when I was like 11 years old. Um, so I was kind of treated like kind of a, a brand new talent. Um, and there was no real, like, the fact that I was Saudi did no, in no way affect my career, I would say, until that battle royal spot. Because my first appearance on NXT was a squash match. I got squashed. And by the way, I was super excited for it. Like, I just wanted to get any opportunity in a, 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 at any time, anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, I was doing uh, the house shows. I was uh, paying my dues. I was, you know, building the rings with everybody else. Uh, and everybody builds the ring. I mean, I saw big stars build the ring. Mace was there when Shinsuke Nakamura was building the ring. Like, that's just what we did. Uh, whether you were brand new, you were an NFL player, whether you are on the Indies, or whether you were a star in, in New Japan or anywhere else. And uh, then that battle royal happened, and I remember it actually kind of came out of nowhere. I, I didn't know if I was going to win. Um, I came in uh, kind of being like, oh, maybe I'll get a good showing, and then a real star will win the match. This is just kind of to, to introduce me. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we were practicing in the rehearsals, we were practicing entrances. Um, originally, I was going to get an entrance to be like, oh, it's the Saudi guy, Mansoor. And they were like, no, 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 let's let's cut his entrance. I was like, oh, OK, that's OK. Like, as long as I get to have an appearance in the match. And then I remember Jamie Noble pulls me aside and he's like, hey, kid, you're winning the whole thing. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. They cut your entrance because they want it to be a surprise because like everybody thinks, you know, if you have an entrance, you're going to be the one to win. I was like, oh, that's a great point. Like if I just, if, if when 10 people are left in that 51 man battle Royal and I'm there, people are going to go, wait a minute, who's that? So uh, I thought that was a pretty smart uh, decision. Uh, but it was kind of awkward because I remember being in a room full of like 51 wrestlers and producers and, and referees, and we're all trying to get through this battle Royal. And you, as you can imagine, it's a complete nightmare. Uh, and Jamie Noble's going through it. Jamie Noble's going through it. I'm standing in the back. I'm trying to, not take up any space or attention because I know that people are probably not going to be very happy with me being a brand new unknown winning this match. And Jamie's going through it. And I'll never forget Heath Slater in the middle of Jamie's speech just goes, who the hell's winning this thing? And Jamie goes, that kid. And everybody just turns and look and looks at me. And I'm like, I just want to die, <laughs> but it all worked out in the end. And, um, I got to know a lot of those guys much, much closer when I got called up uh, for good. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I love them all. I mean, they were all really, really cool to me. Uh, anybody you lean on for advice in particular? Oh, definitely. Definitely Ali. Yeah. Most of us, I always call him my work dad. Mm -hmm. uh, Mace is my work wife. Uh, Ali's my work dad. Uh, we have a very dysfunctional family. And Dijak is my work uncle because he's the weird one who's always shouting and complaining um so when we did that tag team uh where it was sort of like uh an odd pair where we were two we had similar backgrounds you know we're both of the same faith but um i was like a fresh-faced blue chipper doe-eyed baby face and he was sort of the bitter resentful uh had just gone through retribution so he had quite the axe to grind and that was kind of a dynamic in real life too i remember ali dragging me around all over backstage to writers and production guys and uh, important people in the office, Kevin Dunn, that I had never met before, even though I'd been called up for months because I was too shy to basically introduce myself. 
And he would drag me to all these places and go, what are we doing this week? What are we going to do tonight? All right, we filmed this vignette. Can we get it on the show? Okay, we're going to do our best. All right, all right. And, and he was the serious businessman. And I was like, oh my God, I just need to try and be as professional as possible and do whatever he says because he's so incredibly ambitious. And that definitely rubbed off on me because um, yeah, after that run, that's when I started to really get involved in trying rather to get involved in the creative process. One of the things I like about your trajectory is that they brought you in, kind of made you a contender. And I'm looking at it from the battle Royal standpoint where, uh, you know, you were, you were a serious fighter and then the comedy came in after it wasn't. And sometimes you see it where it's reversed. Um, what was that like where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going in this direction. And you obviously said, uh, you want to get more involved. So were you involved with, okay, here's what we want you to do now? Or was it sort of like both sides coming to like maybe an agreement of sorts of like, here's how I want to present the, the maximum male models characters. So the maximum male model uh, idea was actually um, more of a nebulous concept before anybody was even in mind for the role. Uh, Vince had had Vince McMahon had had a idea for the male models uh, from what I hear for a year before we debuted. He would always be in creative meetings and be telling writers and producers, damn it, let's get some male models on the show. I want to see some, I want to see people walking the runway. And um, they'd be like, oh, okay, sir. And then by the time it was like actually time to debut it, they were looking around and saying, okay, should we call up somebody? Should we take two guys who aren't doing anything? And I just so happened to be lucky enough or unlucky enough, depending on who you ask, uh, to be in that spot. And me and Mace had been best friends uh, since the day I walked into the PC. And our pairing had absolutely nothing to do with that. I remember telling Vince, oh, me and Mace, like, we're this. I mean, this is going to be great because we have such great chemistry. And he was like, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> so uh, total coincidence. Uh, I was happy to do it. I wanted to do it because I felt that the perception of me, not just by the fans, but also in the company, was that I was kind of a, a, a one-dimensional character in the sense that um, people knew me as a Saudi representative. I'd come out at these shows. I'd... Uh, you know, I'd have a match, I'd win, and then I would disappear for a few months. Mm -hmm. And I kind of resented that because I felt like I had a lot more to offer from a, a creative and performative standpoint. So when they were like, you're going to do a complete 180, uh, you're going to do a gimmick that most likely your existing fan base is going to revolt about. Uh, it's going to be tough, but we want to know if you can commit to it and uh, be a good soldier. And I said, hell yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Because I knew that if I was given uh the ability and the opportunity to perform as an outrageous uh crazy character i would show that i could take anything and make it entertaining i could take mm -hmm. any gimmick or idea or storyline they have and put everything and anything i have in my heart and my mind to it and it was going to be great uh sadly there were some outside factors that kind of mucked up the whole thing but um yeah I, I won't really get into that still it was a lot of fun and uh, more than anything the house shows were phenomenal because people, I mean, we weren't even really on TV and we would come out and people would just instantly hate us. So we got instant heat. We got to work long matches with great workers like Alpha Academy, Chad Gable Otis, The New Day, and learn a lot. So it was a positive experience overall. Yeah, two big takeaways is you, you know, got out of your comfort zone and got to show how diverse and what kind of personality you have. Like, I still see people talking about, like, you have tons of charisma, you're very funny, and then, like you said, your relationship with Mace, like you're still doing stuff as MXM is now the name. But I, I would say those are 
the two biggest positives, two biggest takeaways from that experience. Thank you. Yeah, I, I was super happy to uh, do that YouTube series that we did, Making It Maximum, mm. uh, because that was totally, you know, fully written, produced, directed by us. Uh, we had Andrew Carr, who's a production guy in WWE. Uh, he got the equipment and he put the whole thing together. He edited it and, and um, uh, basically put it all together so it could be put up on YouTube because we were doing that week to week. Um, and I remember going to work, we wouldn't be doing anything on TV, but writers and producers and other wrestlers would come up to us and say, holy shit, we love the YouTube show. Like you guys are hysterical. And, uh, I think that actually helped us a little bit because, um, once we got kind of restarted with the Otis storyline, uh, which also kind of petered out for reasons beyond our control, uh, we were doing segments backstage and for, uh, online and, and even on the show where the writers would say, Hey, you guys come up with something like you can improvise. Like we trust you guys. So I would definitely say, and when I got released, I actually feel like I got a lot more support and help uh, because people saw me in that role and knew that I could do something other than just kind of be a, a generic uh, white meat baby face. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm glad for it overall. I know you're doing a lot of appearances, wrestling revolvers, one of them, hood slams, another one. Any other ones you have coming up that, you know, you're looking forward to, whether it's yeah. by yourself or with mace absolutely uh we're doing deadlock pro wrestling in north carolina uh january 20th i believe uh which is run by a guy that i've known for years uh from new legacy inc which is a youtube channel that i watched since i was mm -hmm. in high school uh that is an amazing promotion and like i don't want to <laughs> how do i put this so when people see uh youtubers running a wrestling promotion they think oh it's probably some rinky dink uh money mark kind of thing hell no i was there backstage the whole time in the gorilla position or whatever the equivalent is. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was behind them and they were running the show like Vince McMahon was running the show. I saw him on the headset. I saw Johnny on the head. He doesn't want me to say this, by the way, because he, he doesn't want me to put him over or talk about how hard he works. But Johnny's <laughs> on the headset and he's giving lines to commentary like he's Vince goddamn McMahon. He's like, all right, I'll put that over. Make sure to put over the title. Pronouns, pal. Well, he didn't say that. But <laughs> he was still super involved and they had all these like production equipment and, and, and computers and camera angles and it's multi-cam. I was super impressed. Um, of course, I'm working uh, uh, GCW in Tampa uh, the weekend after that. Mm -hmm. Very excited for that because uh, on one night I get to wrestle Tony Deppin, who's a tremendous wrestler, an incredible technical wrestler. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited for that because I think we'll steal the show. And I'm very excited to surprise people with what I can do um, when given sort of the opportunity to do so. And then the next day at Effie's, uh, me and Mace are going to reunite, I think, for the first time. Or rather, DPW will be the first time as MXM. But uh, I think at uh, GCW in Tampa, I think we're going to reunite in a, in a different sort of sense. I think we'll, we might see the reemergence of perhaps uh, a tag team of more of a maximum okay. personality. We shall see. Uh, oh, I'm also doing <laughs> at New Fear City. In Brooklyn, New York City, where I went to college, where, where I met my wonderful wife. I'm doing a no-ring hardcore match, so that's a new thing for me. <laughs> Pray that I don't die. <laughs> Hopefully, I can work a wrist lock, but I'm very excited for that as well. we got plenty <laughs> of promotions. Many of them haven't even been announced, and uh, I'm super excited to work and, and travel all over the world. All right, so a, a little bit of a tease there. Uh, I like it. Uh, I, do, I have a couple more questions. First one, uh, I do a watch list feature where I try to get match picks from the people I speak with. So this is a two-parter. Best moment or segment you were part of in WWE, and then your favorite match. Uh, wow, that's a great question. Best segment I was involved with in WWE. Um, 
so this would have been my favorite segment if it wasn't for the fact that I completely screwed up the ending. But uh, during my program with Mustafa Ali, excuse me, uh, I had a match with Cedric Alexander, who's awesome. And then after the match, me and Ali were supposed to have a promo exchange. And this was the first time I had ever had a live mic in the ring on Monday Night Raw. I had Mm -hmm. cut some promos uh, for the crowd in Saudi Arabia. This was my first time in front of an American audience speaking live. And I was nervous because I didn't know how they were going to react to this kid who, for all intents and purposes, is just kind of a foreign star. And they were building this foreign show. Plus, they wanted me to speak Arabic. And I, you know, I'm a little bit of a pessimist. You know, when I speak Arabic in front of an American crowd, I wonder, are they going to boo me? Are they going to be like, ah, we don't want to hear this. Are they going to go, what? Mm -hmm. So uh, I was kind of nervous about that, too. So after the match, Ali comes out, he does his, his spiel, and I fire back, just super fired up. I'm like yelling at him, I'm screaming, and the crowd's actually coming up. They're, they're getting hot, and they're getting fired up. And I was like, oh my god, I have him, I have him, this is great. And then it's time to cut to the Arabic part. And, uh, you know, my Arabic is fine. I, I can read and write okay, but conversationally, it got very weak over time. because um, mm-hmm. You're not doing it. Move. Exactly. So I, I had lines in mind, but they got mixed up. And uh, I say the first line, uh, great. And then I got my words mixed up and I was supposed to call Ali a coward, but I ended up calling him a word that is slang for alcoholic <laughs> by accident. So I scream that at him. And shockingly, the, the American crowd loves it. They're like, yeah, whatever he said. Of course, they don't know what I actually said. Mm-hmm. All the Arab fans are going, oh, my God, rolling their eyes. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. I still went to the back and people were like, hey, like, I remember Sean Devari coming up to me and going, you were turning heads when you were cutting that promo. People didn't know that you could talk like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm proud that I at least got to kind of change that perception of me. As far as what my overall favorite uh, segment of all time is, I, I can't, people hated this, but I got to give it to the Maximum Male Models uh, tennis fashion collection because it was so incredibly absurd. It was like, it was like a Lynchian moment. Like the fact that in a wrestling show, six minutes would be dedicated to two guys coming out in short shorts and polos, swinging around antique tennis rackets while tennis balls are stuffed down their pockets. I don't know. I think that's sort of um, absurd and surreal in, in, a, in an interesting way. As far as a match goes, I, I have to give it to, I mean, it was so long ago, but I still have to get it. And this was the match of my career. Uh, me and, and and Claudio Castagnoli, Cesaro at the time, uh, at Crown Jewel, I think it was 2019. Uh, that was like my my coming out party. It was like, mm-hmm. uh, that was the first time anybody had ever seen me in a singles match to a, to a, a widespread degree. And of course, it's Claudio. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And, uh, you know, he was responsible for a lot, if not most of that. But still, people were looking at me different after that match going, "Okay, this guy can go. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also love the Mustafa match uh, a few years later. Uh, That match is near and dear to my heart as well. Um, I'm very proud of both of those matches. All right. I like them. Uh, And I I appreciate the uh, the story that almost went well. I I feel like the story (laughs) I feel like the story still has like it it still has a little bit more of a an impact even yeah, though it... i think there was a silver lining because um anytime i get the opportunity to uh speak um i feel like i uh always find a, a, a way and it's always one of my priorities i need to find a way to raise my stock because mm. obviously uh, the art of professional wrestling is an art form of physical communication we're telling stories purely with our bodies but uh as far as an american on an english-speaking audience goes 
the most direct way you can communicate is with your words. Mm-hmm. So anytime I do get the opportunity to speak to millions of people with my words, I always try to be as specific, as passionate, and as um, particular as possible so that I can always communicate the most effectively. Uh, I feel like it's, um, I mean, people forget, like it's not just a wrestling show, it's a TV show and we're playing TV characters. So that aspect is very important. All right. So since you left WWE, you've taken on a new title. Uh, if anybody doesn't know, you are the king of the back shots now. <laughs> I so, can't believe you're calling me up for that right now. So, on air. Hey, we got a lot of traffic for that article. Oh, my God. So thank well, you. I, you're welcome. <laughs> Hopefully it helped you, too. Uh, so I, I have a few signature maneuvers that I thought I'd, I'd read off and maybe see if you like them for your next chapter in your career. Please give them to me. I love stealing ideas and getting over because of them. Thank you. All right. Backshot Lariat. I swear to God, I have evidence that we came up with that already. I I, I am not messing with you. As soon as that backshots thing blew up, Mace texted me and said, how can we do a backshot Lariat as a tag team? (laughs) So great minds think alike. Okay. Uh, Lung blower. Ah. God. Yep. Okay. Noted. Noted. You didn't even have to change the name of that move. That's just what it's oh. called. Eat defeat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or I liked uh, what Mia Yim called. Or, or who? Who is that? Which soul food? I think so. Uh. Yeah. I I like that because uh, it's a city in Korea, mm-hmm. but also a soul of a foot. Yeah. Soul. Uh, it's very creative. But yes, eat defeat. Yes. Thank you uh all right i can't believe i'm gonna say this one muff stretcher oh my god <laughs> i don't need, i don't even know how to do that instead of stretch muffler uh, oh oh with the leg oh right 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 got it got it Muff. <laughs> okay me- i'm gonna give that one to mace because i think he can actually pull that move off okay a little bit of a saving grace yeah for my terrible pun <laughs> yeah those are all great thank you i appreciate it all right. Uh, anything else you want to plug or promote before we get out of here? I know you guys are, are on Twitch and we kind of talked about some of the advertised appearances you have coming up. Anything you, you want to wrap up with? Yeah, sure. You can follow us. Uh, we stream um, multiple times a week at twitch.tv slash great black otaku. That's O-T-A-K-U. Uh, if you go on our uh, TikTok or Instagram page, uh, The Insiders TV, Insiders with a Z, uh, you can see some of our clips put together where we're talking like uh, South Park heads, uh, telling stories about our time in WWE. Many of them, you will not believe how crazy they are. Uh, mm. I mean, we definitely have some insane stories and we're, we're definitely not close to even being done telling them. Uh, so check that out. I'm Suave Mansoor on all socials. That's S-U-A-V-E-M-A-N-S-O-O-R. Uh, I'm also on Cameo if you want to get a uh, special uh, New Year's present for somebody that you love or like or hate. I also do roasts. And uh, yeah, you can check me out on, on Twitter and Instagram. I post all my dates and uh, all the shows that I'm doing. Uh, first show is going to be Hood Slam in Oakland, January 5th. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, I'm working every weekend, January, February. So I'll be somewhere. Hopefully I'll be in your town. All right. Uh, thanks for the time. And, you know, I look forward to seeing what both of you do next it's been fun getting to see what you've done so far and i I, you know it's cool that you now have a chance to get out there on on a bigger scale and you know interact with people and sort of expand what people already know you for so you know 
Thank you, Bill. I appreciate that. And thank you for having me on. It means a lot.